Alrighty. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, how's it going? Me? I'm doing well. Yeah, today we've got different vibes going on. Welcome to another episode of Closer to the Core, episode six? Episode six. Is it six? It is six. Okay, cool. I'm glad you know, because I was guessing. You know, the angel numbers for change is 555, and that was is episode it? five, yeah. I just, reala- I just realized that right now, yeah. Oh, shit. That's some, that is some shit. Well, welcome. welcome. I'm your host for today's episode, Albert. And I'm Natalie. We got some different vibes today. Different vibes. Um, I came in a little moody because we both just got off work. Like, we usually do, do this, this on, on Saturdays. Saturday afternoon, we're both chilling. And we just had a long ass. I, personally, I got up at 4.30 this morning because shit. I needed to go to work, like... For 6.30 because a bunch of fires started happening at work yesterday and I like was like, I'm not dealing with this right now. I'm going to go watch the Barbie movie. So I came in early this morning <laughs> to like put out all those fires and Take I got everything. Yeah, well, what was that? That is my oh. air conditioner being upsetty spaghetti. Oh. At the heat, but it's fine. I'm, I'm also mad at the heat air conditioner. I don't blame you. Yeah, the heat is brutal today. Well, <laughs> either way, um, yeah. I guess we can dive into that first. The first thing that you said, like fires at work, what do you, you don't have to go into like exactly what you do for work, but I guess one of the things that's been on my mind and it's been on my mind ever since I finished the book, uh, so good that they can't ignore you by Cal Newport is this thing that he calls uh, career capital. And I've heard it in a bunch of different ways. A lot of more productivity people and business people like to talk about this kind of idea of honing your skill set and making like what sets you apart from other people like what are some especially for i don't know if it's like you like to focus for your work or your personal life but what are some of the skill stacks that you actively look to improve right now and are we relating this to like the fires that i have to deal with that just inspired my question i also had the idea to talk to you about it but that was just i felt like using that as a segue so you don't have to necessarily talk about work but you could talk about climbing or relationships no i'll talk about work because there's a bunch of there's a million different types (laughs) of skill stacks this is a work day episode since we're filming it on a work day why not let's do it um so i just started my first like customer service shop technically i'm not like i wouldn't call it customer service there's like a a fine line that you walk when you're like dealing with customers versus like I have a, um, a scientific background personally I worked in a lab for years that's what I went to school for um, this is the first job that I'm actually like the face of the operations essentially so I'm like dealing with clients and client relations and that is something that I'm not used to doing so just like mm learning boundaries with because you know in customer service or like client relations or whatever it might be you're gonna have a lot that's expected of you or not necessarily expected of you but asked of you i guess that's a better way to put it or you're like going to be asked ridiculous things um because you know being asked to do something from your boss is very different than being asked to do something by a client that's just you know obviously wants the most yeah, the most of whatever they can get out of you. So what exactly are you doing with these these people, if you don't mind going into detail? Um, Go so, into detail without doxing yourself, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. This is the one area of my life I'm like, I want to keep this as yeah, yeah, for sure. tucked into a box as possible. I Actually, like a little side note before I, I answer your question. Uh-huh. Um, when we started this podcast, I like had a heart-to-heart with my friend Sage, and I was like, I had a nightmare last night about 
like my work life kind of intermingling with my personal life like I won't get into details of what the dream was I definitely like journaled about this for like 10 pages I think I read you part of the dream I think you've told you told me about it on our hike too yeah it was basically like um I was in in the dream I was starting a podcast with coworkers at my actual job and mm-hmm. they like pretty much told me they didn't, didn't want to do it with any do it with me anymore they thought I was very unreliable and unpredictable and that like oh you did not tell me about this I just like I felt as though my work personality was personality was falling at the seams like I was crumbling down like a like an avalanche like yeah. oh no they they figured out who I am like who I really am I'm I'm no, a mess know. and okay. everyone knows that I now this part <laughs> <laughs> Um, but where was I going with that one? Keeping your, well, we were talking about just oh, your, yeah. your skill I, I was and having improving um, out what you want to do. Well, I was having a heart to heart with Sage about, mm. about that and like the podcast. And I was like, I just like, don't want these two worlds to inter- intermingle at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sage was like, it, you know, at my job, they don't even know my real name. I use a fake name at my job. And I was like, seriously, what? <laughs> She's like, I don't want them to know who I am. I was like, you're joking. What? How did you get past, like... That's like, I feel like violating tax laws or something, right? There's something with that, right? Hopefully I didn't dock Sage just now. I didn't give any other information other than her name, but like... Yeah. Well, they don't, it's not like they know her real name anyway. And apparently, yeah, apparently there's no way that they can find her, though. What if Sage isn't her real name? Yeah, she's not even telling me the truth. That's what I'm saying. You know, I would respect it. Sage is a really cool name. I would respect it, honestly. But I've never met anyone named Sage. Her I parents mean, are deadheads. I, I it mean, just adds up. What I don't. What's a deadhead? People that listen to the Grateful Dead. Oh, oh, okay. I can see that. <laughs> All right. So long. I mean, like, I don't know too much about Grateful Dead except that they do drugs and stuff. But it's just hippie culture. Yeah, hippie culture for sure. Um. <laughs> but it goes into went the, on a little sage tangent. Hey, sage, good. if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> um. Sage but, will eventually probably be a guest on here whenever we get room for a guest. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I have a very professional persona at work and mm. it's gotten me to some pretty high places, in my opinion. Okay. I've, I've been able to do a lot for myself. I don't with, think I've ever seen professional Natalie. Uh, she's not very different than regular Natalie. That's like also something that I've integrated into my professional persona is quite literally like I'm not lying about anything. No. I am like 100% myself. But it's like you with a little bit of a pro filter on. Yeah. yeah. It's just a little filter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, everyone has that, you know. It's not, you know. Right. But I give them just enough where they mm-hmm. think I don't have a filter. Mm. <laughs> um, but just enough. It's like a little sprinkle of the sauce. But you don't actually know shit. what the... <laughs> so how's that going for you? So as someone... Like, how long have you been in this for now? Like, the, the newer job? Just curious. The newer job I've only been doing for, like, a little over three months now. So what's it like learning pretty much... Because this... You said it's pretty brand new to you, right? Like, customer support kind of stuff. It's like... It's a brand new skill. Yeah. So the, the job is project management. So that's the bulk of it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So not only am I dealing with clients, but I'm dealing with lab personnel and upper management and mm-hmm. just like the entire process. I, I had to talk to everyone. Um, and it's very fulfilling for me because one of the skills that I don't necessarily need to work on is attention to detail. I'm very like detail oriented. Mm-hmm. I'm great at multitasking. Like I can got all that down to a T. It's just a matter of making sure I show up my best self every day and, you know, being able to to know when. I can like say no like these fires I was putting out last night was I was you know bending over backwards for a client that had called me like right before I was about to leave and was like 
you guys sent us the wrong stuff and I wanted to fix it because I didn't want to say no especially like if you call me on the phone I'm 100% gonna say yes as long as you're not mean to me and you're a good person calling me I'm gonna do whatever you ask some common courtesy yeah yeah literally um but yeah just having to be the bad guy because like project managers are usually the people who get the the short end of the stick and having to be the bad guy see that's a really interesting one yeah, I mean, anyone in management has to have thick skin like that. Mm-hmm. And so my, my manager says all the time, like, every time this, something like this happens, you're getting thicker skin. And I'm like, my skin is super thin right now, so <laughs> um, maybe one day I'll have yours. Yeah, there's, uh, so that's, I guess, kind of what I'm getting into, right? It's like that feeling of growth. It's mm-hmm. like uncomfortable, almost. Like, do you feel it now that you're in a new role? Like, you can kind of almost in a in a way I'll, I'll get kind of into your realm of spirituality uh, maybe not spirituality but it's like the the med you know like the whole meditation like just being aware of what your body feels yeah can you yeah. feel that like awareness of like that's what that learning process feels like uncomfortable yeah no well it's it's a lot of different things right it's not just being uncomfortable it's like slight feelings of discomfort but also the feeling of new knowledge being acquired and the feeling of experience. Right. See, with most things, yes. And I like this is so contradic- contradictory because I see where you're coming from. And mm. like I said, with most things, 100% feel that discomfort. But something about this, even when I'm like stressed out, it just feels so right. Like I've been. Well, it feels right. Yeah. I've oh. like, like I've been doing this forever. And even when I'm learning something new, I like pick up on it really fast. Mm. And I just like, I'm super comfortable. I integrated with the group really well. Like everything is just, it's feeling great. And uh, this is the first time like I've been doing something where I actually feel content and it almost feels wrong. So that part kind of feels uncomfortable. And it's like, I was driving a coworker home from work this past week I think you know we were going climbing together so we were I, I drove him to the climbing gym and on the the drive he asked me what are your like do you have any long-term goals right now mm. and I felt very uncomfortable with that question because I do have things that I like want but I'm very open with not doing or changing into something else like I know that I want to go in the upward direction I want to explore I want to do all these things but I don't have any super particular long-term goals in life right now and I was like honestly I really like it makes me uncomfortable to answer this question like this but no I don't (laughs) I don't have any long-term goals I think that's a totally reasonable answer to have so long as you know that's your answer for now well I've always had long-term goals so it's not like oh no I don't have any long-term goals I always have had them and then I've reached them and I'm at a point right now where I'm really enjoying the present moment and I'm learning to really love the present moment. And I think, like, do I want to spend the rest of my life, like, reaching for what's next? Or can I take a few months off? You know, like, can I have a few months off? Can I just, like, have a few months to just chill and not think about anything in the future? Oh, literally. Actually, okay, so you don't... I, I, I run our social media page, so mm. Albert doesn't have anything to do with the Instagram account. But right now, that's our only social media. But I reposted this reel last night like when I was looking through reels and mm. it was a it was a dude who had just graduated and this guy was like had an interviewing mic and he went to go ask him like what are your long-term goals or, or no he was like oh you just you, you just accomplished xyz like you just graduated what's next and he goes I'm just chilling. He's like, that was hard. <laughs> that was fucking hard. Was hard I'm just bro. chilling I right just now. Need to fucking chill for a minute. Literally. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I think I'm 
interestingly enough, at a complete opposite point in my life. On so for context, we just started this uh, podcast right after both of us got off work, as we said earlier. But Natalie came, and I immediately was like, my brain is still like in in hyper like work mode right now i need to go take like a 10 15 minute walk natalie wasn't exactly super happy with that but she's like fine go for your walk (laughs) and so on this walk i was thinking about these kinds of things like long-term goals because i think a lot of my life i've been the opposite where i've had pretty much zero long-term goals for my entire life okay uh in in the sense of like i mean i always knew like okay like i'll just you know follow the the train tracks that the boomer generation has led <laughs> laid down for us you know go to school and go to college and do all of these things get a job and whatnot but i think it's only recently where i've actually started to think about goals and goal setting and it's a really interesting process and it's really interesting that we're on these this opposite spectrum from one another now that i think about it because uh, I was just watching a video on how, like, like, essentially on, like, how to set goals. Um, which seems like a really simple process, right? But, it, like, we're human. We change. Shit happens. And sometimes things become less relevant. So, one of the cool things that I saw uh, from one of my probably now straight up favorite creators. Uh, that's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me albert <laughs> no, just spill a little water on my bed it's okay i don't i don't mind it's okay it's all good don't worry about it <laughs> either way uh ali abdal i watched a video from him and is basically this kind of he's very productivity oriented and he's actually releasing a book that is called i forgot what the title is but it's about being enjoying life like a lot okay. of people have this philosophy of like put your head down and grind do what's uncomfortable do the hard thing always and sometimes it's like like most of the time that's like pretty good advice but some of the time you just like can't be bothered and Mm -hmm. a lot of the time there's a better or alternative ways around it so i've been one of beat my head against the problem and kind of like discipline just kind of send it just do it is the phrase you know like the whole nike thing but also you know it's it's, it's that thing we tell Just ourselves that it. is, yeah, like the, the hard thing to do. But he makes really good sense in reframing a lot of your work and your life to be something that's like a fun project. Even just simple rewording. So think about like you have to do something versus you get to do something. Like I have to make this video. It's like, dude, I get oh. to make this video. One of his things is like, is that whole reframing process of like, if you look behind me right now, I have a whiteboard and this is from one of his videos. So in this kind of productivity slash, um, slash goal setting thing, he recommends you do daily reviews, which I'm going to practice because daily reviews sounds terrible to me, but like he makes it sound fun, right? I always need someone to tell me how it can actually be fun. And then there's weekly reviews. So he does this thing called weekly, the ideal week. So uh-huh. you can make an alternative calendar within your calendar that's that shows you, like, this is what my ideal week would be if I woke up at this time, if I did these things at this time, and by the end of the week, I accomplished this one thing. And by the end of each day, I'd accomplish these things. So his ideal week basically boils down to, like, okay, set a goal, like a kind of medium-sized goal for the end of the week. Mm. And every day, you ask yourself the question, what is the one task that I have to do? 
but essentially he's read <laughs> the video he released today was I've read like 109 productivity books or something like here's what all of them have to say and that's essentially what his new book is he's boiling down all these books and one of them is that there's so many books that have converged on this one point which is if you want to make progress towards something most of the time you just have to do one thing a day like complete one task a day so there's like they say like uh it's like there's mit most important thing there's eating the frog which is getting the first thing like the hardest thing to do first like done with your day like gone okay. and then like so even if you don't do anything for the rest of the day you can feel better about yourself no i like that I yeah like that. So you don't want that the, sitting on the your one day, day then the one week and so the one day he actually reframes the one task to be to make it more fun so he reframes it in the sense of what is today's adventure and because it's an adventure you get to have side quests so your side quests can be stuff like work health and relationships just okay so i'm trying to read albert's handwriting right now Wait, it looks I, like I his his adventure for the day is swift apron and what? his relationship side quest is adam swayze that is not <laughs> yeah so i uh, i think i misunderstood this prompt because i actually filled out this prompt yesterday and then he re kind of explained it in his video today so your daily adventure is supposed to be one adventure and i did four <laughs> different things which i ended up still you doing like two. whatever um but yeah the, the whole thing is like reframing stuff to just seem more fun in your productivity and then he does this thing called <laughs> not called but it's it's obviously a thing on work which is like quarterly reviews oh, which okay. sounds horrible it, and it sounds, sounds like work work yeah and like terrifying um and then I had this moment where I realized, why do workplaces do that? It's because it works. It works, <sighs> it works in the sense that it's good for you to check in with yourself. Because with work, it's always what they want you to do, right? You're pouring your value into their project. But when you're reviewing yourself every three, every like three months, say... You get to look at your yearly goals and be like, hey, is this still relevant to me? Do I still actually want to pursue this? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think goals should at least change with the seasons. Mm. Um, if you want to get more like in tune with it, probably like month to month. Mm -hmm. um, Teach me your ways as a pro goal setter. I just told you that I don't even have a goal right now. I know, but um, you said you've been doing You were that kind of person before. So... Because nothing's coming to mind to speak on this right now. The first thing that I had thought of when I was thinking about, like, how you said that you've never been a goal setter before, um, I thought when you said that, I was like, that just doesn't seem right. Because you've definitely told me, like, you know, your goals as a kid, like, growing up, you wanted to be, um, wanted to work in video games and, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and then I, never, I remembered. Like, out a goal. Like, no, but I remembered that the friend that had asked me that this week, um, what are your long-term goals? We ended up like kind of chatting about stuff for however long. And then we like brought up X, Y, Z. I asked what his goals were. We, we kind of talked about that. And then I was like, oh yeah, like something came up about Europe. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that like I wanted to, you know, move to Europe mm. eventually. Like, that is something that would be a long-term goal of mine. That's not going to go away. And, like, he looked at me and he was like, I didn't forget that you wanted to move to Europe. And I, like, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes 
you just like need the people in your life to kind of remind you. Yeah, a lot of the times your friends will remember things about you that you won't even remember. But it's just important like to check in. To have people that have that awareness in your life too to like I think it's important like we're going to talk a lot on this podcast about looking inward and like kind of brightening up yourself and like understanding who you are i just watched the freaking barbie movie right now last night and it just reminded me of that scene that was like <laughs> you need to figure out who ken is <laughs> but um pretty much you're it's okay to you know be reminded by the people in your life like who you are and like what you want yeah. like you speak it and then you know that came from the heart and mm-hmm. the people around you are gonna like re- remember those things and they're gonna bring things back to life for you um that was just one example of that but yeah that's a really interesting concept of like you are different in everyone else's mind oh that's so true depending (laughs) on like depending on who it is like think about sage in her workplace they don't even know who she is they don't even know her name she works there um yeah and you don't even need to say someone something to someone but they're gonna have an idea of you in their brain yeah absolutely i think uh one of the reasons that this is kind of coming up and even to blend it back into like learning new stuff and being uncomfortable with things um one of the things recently that i've been thinking about is and doing actually is i've been making my own uh youtube videos recently which is i changed up this i changed up the the format in my room a little bit obviously you guys can't see it but I switched around a couple of mic things and my lights are different very slightly, but it's all for the sake of just recording YouTube videos. Did you always have a lamp? I always had a lamp there, but I moved where my ring light is now. I have a tripod set up and where my mic is is different. And essentially, I'm just starting off with what I want to do. So I've always had this idea to, uh, when I read, to talk about what I've read with people. But then you have like spoilers and stuff, right? (gasps) So I've just been kind of like talking to myself <laughs> about books so that I can remember what really stood out for me and was important for me in I that like moment that of, meeting, of reading that. Something my friend Amanda put me on to is like doing voice recorded journal entries. Yeah. And it's just like I, I definitely do that when I'm journaling is I do like a free th- free flow journal mm. or free flow poetry or anything like pen to oh, paper. Poetry. Like you, the first word that comes to your mind, it goes right on the piece of paper. But even there's like a delay with like your brain to your hand, to the pen, to the paper, yeah. even if like you can write as fast as you can, there's a delay there. But when you're just like speaking into existence, no thinking, just yeah. like journaling through, through voice. Um, I think like recording your voice, and like listening back whether it be like reciting a, like what you learned out of the book like what, what you experienced xyz yeah because i think a big thing with books too is that there's normally just so much knowledge packed into them mm-hmm. a lot of the times you're not going to get the full value out of a book in the first read through and so i'm <laughs> for the first time ever in my life i'm going through and rereading some books and by yeah. first time ever i mean like quite literally like this is the first time, and it, I, I think it barely counts as a reread. There's, there's a book sitting on my bed right now called Never Split the Difference, and I listened to an audiobook version of it like three years ago and got like 60% of the way through and dropped it. And dropped it not because of the book. The book is amazing, but because I didn't have a habit set for, you know, audiobooks or reading or anything. So I just mm. kind of like forgot about it. And then it popped up on my radar again. I was like, I need to read that thing. And I've been blasting through it. And... So 
so not to get too much of a tangent on that specific book, but I really like the practice of kind of having these memory banks of yourself in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things that I really like highly recommend to any of you listening and you specifically, Natalie, since you seem to that seemed to resonate with you is the book Storyworthy. I do not have it on me right now. I borrowed it from the library, but I fully plan to buy it because it was genuinely one of my favorite reads of this year uh, of, of all time. One of my favorite books I've ever read. Okay. And just for a little context, Matthew Dix, the author, is he's a, he's a teacher. So he's like an elementary, middle school teacher. He Are you laughing little, because his last name is Dix? Little young ones? No, I, I'm laughing because by chapter three, he assigns you homework. <laughs> I read a book like that and then I stopped reading it so, the second they gave me homework. Yeah, see, except that this book is actually genuinely incredible. So there's this thing called... Um, that, sorry, that sounded dismissive to your book. But <laughs> there's this thing that he calls homework for life. Now, Matthew Dix is a storyteller. He's a professional storyteller. I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently they have storytelling competitions. And he didn't realize... Like, he knew it was a thing, but that was the last thing he wanted to do until his wife forced him up onto stage and he actually did it. And the second he got up onto stage, he fell in love with it. Because the dude is a god-tier storyteller. And I say god-tier because, like, you can blow through this book and it leaves such an emotional, like, resonance within you because he shares so many of his tales and vulnerabilities through storytelling. Storytelling is genuinely a superpower, and he has all of these incredible stories. And so you start to think, it's like, yeah, like, I don't really have these stories, because, like, these guys, this guy's been through so much, and all these things. And then he teaches you, essentially, all stories boil down to a five-second moment. Most movies and TV shows and arcs in stories boil down to a five-second moment where the main character or a character that you're focused on, including yourself, has an emotional shift inside of you. It can be a tiny emotional shift. It can be a world-changing emotional shift. And so he oh recommends this thing called Homework for Life, which is literally at the end of every single one of your days, sit down for just five minutes, pull up a sheet, however you want to do it, whether it's paper, notebook, I've put one on Notion and on Google Sheets, <laughs> and... At the end of your day, write down something in your day that shifted you emotionally. So you have like a kind of recording of a five-second moment. Now, what's interesting is that I actually, I journal pretty much every day. So I have these written recordings of, a lot of the time I'll journal about stuff that happened in my day. But within my journal, I don't actually really read it back most of the time. Or at least I don't really put aside time to read it back. The homework for life thing, like, it's in a spreadsheet format, so, like, I'll just gloss over stuff, and it it almost has this nice effect of slowing down time. When you're in your 20s, I feel like time just, is like, what's your past college? People always say, like, time just blows by. It does. And it's because you're constantly working, you're trying to always constantly find a new thing, or improve yourself, or in your case, just chill. And even when you're just chilling, time goes by. I feel moment, like it was fun. just New Year's. Like I was like I was thinking about this yesterday. Like it was just winter and now every day is 91. No, and we're <laughs> almost at the end of summer if you think about it. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. I'm like I literally was just partying it up at string cheese yesterday. That's true. And now it's almost my birthday. Yep. It's almost my birthday by the way. Mhm. <laughs> For the audience, do you want to tell them when your birthday is? August 18th. Woo! Yay. Happy almost birthday. Uh, 
but it does this thing where it almost slows down life and gives you a really good memory of stuff that happened to you and you start to realize that there's actually so many different story worthy moments that go on throughout your day yeah it's just up to you to look at the like look through the lens of stuff being worth talking about when you say that i'm picturing like my favorite movies um i don't want to give like a spoiler of any particular movies but like just picture your favorite movie that like turning point where the plot just like goes in the direction that like it's been leading up to the whole entire time Mm -hmm. it's that moment of like emotional change where it's where the the bow is tied is kind of how i'm seeing it Mm -hmm. where would you tie the bow in your day yeah so okay actually yes and no right because that implies that there's like one per day where realistically there's tons per day if you think about it like that because a story worthy moment can be the smallest thing it all it has to be is something that resonated within you that shares because it naturally resonated with you it will show vulnerability and what you felt and your emotion throughout the day so my favorite example from the book actually is is matthew dix is he gives you this one moment it's late afternoon He's in the living room with his daughter, and his daughter looks kind of, not down, but like a little like think, you know, that kind of like thinking Mm -hmm. down, like in her head. And I think he says something along the line, like asks her like, what's up? And she just goes, daddy, can you pick me up? And she's like nine years old at this point. So she's getting big. She's getting bigger. She's at the point where like her mom isn't just going to scoop her up, you know, like she's like a tiny toddler kind of thing. Yeah. And... The five-second moment is Matthew Dix realizes he's probably the only person who will be able to do this. And in this moment, not many... Like, there's almost no one in the world who will be able to do this again. Like, with... Like, this is his daughter. This is his moment. So, the five-second moment is him embracing her in the warm afternoon sun and just Mm. enjoying the moment of like yeah she's gonna get older and i'm probably not gonna have this chance again Mm. and i'm just gonna really enjoy this that is a beautiful perspective because a lot of stories actually the hard stories to tell are the really big crazy adventurous like i almost died stories or like i went to spit because the thing about those stories is they're cool and all but they're not relatable a lot of the time, they're not relatable. Right, but if you broke them down into tiny little fragments right. of like what that person was actually feeling in the moment and what they did to get to the next step, and like mm. kind of build, like you realize that you could have also been the person in that story because yeah. it's just a, like a chain reaction of like a small moment that just leads you to the next one. Yeah, so and you know, picking up your daughter when you realize, you know, she's getting older, you're not gonna be able to do this to too do much this longer. And it's these five second moments that are really important. And I love that concept of like saving these little moments throughout your life. And at the end of the day, you'll have, and by the end of the day, I mean, by the end of like a month, you'll have 30 plus stories. If you've been doing one a day, if you can find one a day and by the end of the year, you'll have 300 plus stories. And by the end of 10 years, you'll have an endless catalog of stories. I would say my five-second moment from today mm-hmm. is uh, when, it, when I went into work early this morning to finish up. I was pretty much, like, packing bottle kits 
for a client. He's an environmental consultant. He's doing a sampling event. Got the wrong bottles. You know how it goes. Um, And I had a lot of coolers to pack. And I started, like, you know, packing the coolers up with the bottles. And I I had to get back to my desk because, one, I was under-caffeinated and I needed more coffee. Two, I needed H2O. And three, I needed to check my emails. You know, (laughs) the big three. And so I was probably gone for maybe, like, five minutes, five to ten minutes. And when I got back, he had the the person that, like, actually works in bottle prep um, had grabbed a bunch of large coolers for me, cleaned them all out, lined them with liner, put packing material in it, and had them all ready to go for me to just load up. Mm -hmm. And, like, he had his own job to do. And so just, like, getting help from that person because, you know, he saw me struggling doing what isn't mm. my job necessarily. Um, it made me feel really good and, and happy. And I was, well, also relieved that I didn't have to do it myself. <laughs> the start of the podcast, you had come over and my brain was buzzing. Like, literally, do you, you I feel like you know what I'm saying when I was, when, like, you're just coming out of work and your oh, brain 100%. is still really active. It feels like, like, my brain isn't fried, but it's... It's still, like, reeling from all the shit I've been doing today. Yeah. And so I think what happened was I was really contemplating. I My, my mind was going everywhere. And it was 6 o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Natalie will be here in maybe 20-ish, 30-ish minutes. <laughs> and I shit you not, I sit down on the couch. And I'm like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do literally three minutes of meditation. And then, like, oh, set a three-minute no. timer. And then a five-minute timer. And then I'm going to just read a little bit of this, this book. And if she's still not here, I'll go for a walk. And I sat down on the couch. I closed my eyes. I started the timer. And then immediately I got a knock on the door. My bad. No, well, it's not your bad because you, you're busy and you've got a lot of stuff to do. And so I started setting up the mics and stuff. And we we're just chit-chatting and stuff. And I mentioned, like, I want to go on a walk. And you were you were you were like, Oh, I've got a lot of stuff to do and you weren't super happy about it, which I had mentioned already. And <laughs> I just decided, I was like, No, I'm going for this walk. And as I'm walking outside, I, I exit and I'm like, I feel like I am you know, she's busy and this time is important that we get this podcast done in time so she can go do her stuff. But as I'm on this walk, I have this thought where we preach all like I I tend to preach this stuff about time, attention, and energy, and being present. And as I'm walking, I'm like clearing my head, and I can physically feel my head clearing with the motion of my legs just moving forward. And I have this moment of like these thoughts starting to pop in my head. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk to her about this. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk to her about this. I read this thing that would be really cool. And as I'm turning in my walk to start coming back, and I'm like, I I realize to myself. Yeah, I would much rather make Natalie wait an extra 10 to 15 minutes while I go on this walk than be distracted and not present during our podcast during our podcast and make it worse. I'm glad you went on the walk. Yeah. I'm glad that you did. Also, you know, I respect you for doing what you know that you need to do. Just because I'm, I'm moody and I'm like, I have a lot of stuff to do, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, yeah, you've got a lot of stuff going on. It would be extremely toxic of me to, to say, no, fuck you, don't go on the literally walk. Literally be like, your feelings do not fucking matter. Get in that chair right now <laughs> before I beat you with this. Oh, my God. So I had, like, time in between because I, because I got into work so early. Mm-hmm. Um, I left early. And so before I even came here, like, I knew that I couldn't, like, drive back 
to my apartment this is where like all like the busyness resides i have a lot to do to like prepare for backpacking um but because this is like the complete opposite side of denver to where i live and it's also where i work i i wanted to stay local in this area until we recorded so i went and got tacos i honestly got a margarita it's like it's a friday (laughs) and then i went to target and i dicked around target for so so long and i spent this is so fucking chaotic of me but i was spent a hundred dollars on like board game stuff no shit yeah and i got what made me think of this is i got a game called poetry for neanderthals and it literally comes with I a blow that with my sister on yeah. new year's dude holy shit i, I read that and i was like oh. well i initially i bought it because i was like i really want to get like a small compact game to bring backpacking first of all it's not compact at all it's it's in a box. There's no way I can bring this backpacking with me. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's so funny. It's a game where you like you have to recite poetry, but only in one syllable words. It's and great. then there's like it's a, a blow game. up club that yeah. if like the person, I guess, doesn't do it right. Or I don't know. You get to hit them. Yeah, with the club. So there's two teams. It's so funny that you bring this up because I'd never heard of this game before. I played it for New Year's. And so you play it in teams, right? Like ideally. Uh, and... It's basically like a, like we did a 2v2 and it was like, it was me and my sister versus her fiance and his, and his mom. (laughs) So it's like, so so like, like the opposite team sits there and waits for you to make a mistake. So like, you can't say the word you have to say, like, it has to like rhyme or something. I didn't read too much into it. And then it also has to be one syllable because it's like Neanderthal, like whatever. And so, like, if you mess up one of the rules, the other team just gets to hit you with the blow-up, like, club. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious, because I'm sitting here, like, hitting my my sister's fiancé's mom. Mother? So my my be mother-in-law, I guess. That is, is that so awkward, honestly. I'd my be sister's... like, here's a little tap. Here's a little love I tap. How marital stuff works, but yeah. And then, like, on the other side of the couch is, like, my, my sister and her fiance swinging at each other with this blow up. Those bat. are the so people that matter. are going to swing at each other. Yeah, like, you I'm definitely go need to play it with people that you're close with. I feel like it'd be so yeah. funny to play it with your, like, mother in law, where you're like, if I hit her, she's going to be mad at me. Yeah, I, t- I think I totally screwed up that term- terminology. Whatever, it's yeah. a mother in law at this yeah, point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, my, my <laughs> sister's fiance is too much words but yeah it's a it's a great game so you were doing all that in preparation to come here or not in preparation but like to burn time coming here yeah uh what else would i buy all right well for future reference i don't get finished working till six but you can definitely come out and hang out until six and not spend all my money on board games yeah impulse target buys that you can't even bring up to backpacking i know i didn't get anything well actually i got like some travel shit like travel toothpaste and deodorant and stuff that's like mainly what i went for and then i ended up with board games yeah so i mean there's worse things to end up with Mm -hmm. and batteries i got batteries batteries are important (laughs) um i i definitely had self-restraint though uh i did not go crazy at target so is this are you're not new to backpacking are you I am new to backpacking. Okay. I've never actually backpacked before. Um, Neither have I. It's it's an interesting concept. So luckily I have friends that have like a shit ton of very expensive gear. Oh, I thought I was supposed to talk into the side of this. You can talk into it 
end to the side of it. Just make sure you're like not talking into the the actual side of it. Uh, I was talking into my mic like a hot dog. Like I was. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's fine so long as your mouth is near the front of it. But continue. I didn't mean to interrupt your, um, your flow. Just make sure I'm just thinking about hot dogs. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that um, margarita's hitting, huh? No, it's gone. Sad. <laughs> the Friday afternoon is hitting. Literally. Um, but they have mad expensive backpacking gear because essentially you want to like carry as light as you can or you're going to be miserable. So like your yeah. tent should be a very compact, light tent. Um, I have a Connecticut accent, so I hope you understand what I mean when I say tent. <laughs> tent. Yeah, you, I think everyone can probably do you, understand. Do you know what a Connecticut accent is? We don't pronounce our T's. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not even a Connecticut thing. I think it's just a general, like, I think it's a Northeast slash Southwest thing. And by Southwest, I mean California thing. Is it actually? Oh, okay. Right? Like, I feel like people in California speak pretty much the same way we do. I think, Maybe. I think English as a language is just getting, is, is getting decently homogenized. We're just like getting lazy with our pronunciation, honestly. Yeah. Well, well, to be fair, button sounds better than button. <laughs> Tell us to the British people watching this podcast, Albert. <laughs> well, they say it with an accent, Benjamin which makes it Button. okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I totally derailed you about backpacking. Go ahead. This is what happens when we record after work. All right. Yeah, We're so. taking note. I do enjoy the evening sun peeking through, but mm. my, my brain cells are everywhere. Yeah. So y- you want your, your gear to be as light as possible. Mm. Um, so, like, I don't even have a backpacking backup backpacking backpack <laughs> i'm borrowing one they're just like these giant backpacks and oh, yeah and they like carry your like sleeping bag roll on top and that yeah thing. everything yeah. goes on the backpack and i'm like how are we gonna do this i've never done it before because it's hiking and camping in one you know true but i host the next episode so maybe like we'll talk about it next time when yeah, i'm like, like, finally well so that's it. that's another cool thing um it's the whole i'm really into this whole like trying new things and making yourself uncomfortable thing mm-hmm. right now because I've found this really nice momentum at work where I've kind of noticed the feeling of discomfort and now I'm finding it and immediately like reframing it and flipping it and then attacking the issue which feels really nice I'm so, addicted to being uncomfortable so grunge okay that is not at all what I said because that's what I, I thought <laughs> but what you said like with backpacking like you've never done it before but have you always wanted to do it or did someone talk you into doing it I it's not like it was a goal of mine I'm just very open to trying new things so someone offered it and you were like fuck yeah I'll try yeah. it yeah hell yeah it's not like totally left field for something that I would have enjoyed mm. anyway anything that's not like innately bad for you like yeah. I would weigh the options of something that maybe isn't great. Like if someone was like, "Did you do you want to try this bath salt?" I'd be like, "I don't know oh, about no, that. No, I no. need to think about it." Yeah. Um. There's a the other day. So for those of who you who don't know, I do one of my side gigs is I do like a YouTube commentary thing mm-hmm. over video game highlights, and so they have. The channel I do focuses on a game called League of Legends, and they have a, we have a second channel, and that second channel is about Valorant highlights, which is a first-person shooter game. It doesn't really matter for the context. Uh, it's, it's more just like, hey, th- th- there's two different channels, and they have two different commentators. 
One of them is me. One of them is is another guy. That guy is planning on quitting uh, soon, just because you know he's been doing it for a few years and his new schedule isn't aligning and whatnot. So the the owners asked me. They were like, "Hey, do you do you know anyone who you think would be good at this thing?" And I I the first person I thought of was a really good friend of mine who is very very good at this video game. He is top ten thousand in America. So that tells you immediately like he's in the top point something percent a zero point and something percent and i told them essentially like yeah i think you'd be really good at this because you can pick out part plays you can be really informational and all this stuff but he has this kind of crippling anxiety about doing new things especially putting himself out there and stuff like voiceover like he would die if we had to do a podcast like this I feel like. <laughs> and he, he would die dead. if like i asked him to do this kind of commentary and it actually came down to it and i convinced him somehow to give this a shot and mm-hmm. we essentially i sat with him and helped him write a script because i've been doing this for three years so i know how to write these scripts and i was kind of giving him my insight on like how to talk to viewers and like talk to them like you're, you're they're your friend and stuff and what i realized is that speaking into a microphone really isn't for everyone well when you're really nervous yeah i yeah i totally feel like trying new things when you're terrified of them mm. um unless that's something that you've experienced before and have like you know pushed yourself through multiple times like yeah. um the first thing that i had thought of was when i like played softball and someone caught me candidly uh pitching a softball and by someone i mean my coach <laughs> my coach like saw me just like do it and he's like oh my god you're you can pitch really good. Like, I think you should, you should pitch in a game. Like we should practice your pitching and then like you could, you could do it in one of our games. And so I practiced it with him. And like the more that like performance anxiety in front of him, like I was just fumbling, Yeah. but I was still like determined. Like I was like, I do want to do this. And like I got, yeah. we didn't really practice that much, but we, we had a game one day and I was feeling really determined that day. I'm like, I just, you know, this is like the end of the season. Like I want to try it. Every pitch was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Whoa. The performance anxiety, like, I just, you know, the, and, and with every pitch being bad because I hadn't practiced too much either, I was getting more and more anxious because everyone's watching me. You're in your own head. And there's no way I'm going to, like, pitch a good pitch after that. Uh-huh. You know, like, it's a game over. <laughs> and I just have to accept my fate at that point unless I could magically just, like, zone in. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, if he was nervous, if, if this is like his greatest fear and like now he's faced with the mic, it's going to, it's not going to be so good. So yeah, it was definitely one of the, it, it was, it's definitely one of his fears to like, I think put himself out there like that. But what I actually loved and I ended up loving is that, so we spent a good probable, probably like an hour like writing the script. And when it came to like actually turning on the mic and recording, like he was so nervous to do it and it was really interesting to watch him like fumble around and like like what are these settings like make every excuse he could before we actually hit the record button so i from the advice i've seen on youtube was like all right cut to the like cut to the heart like straight like don't eat like i was like don't even think about it do not even think about it hit the red button like hit the red button and we're just gonna start speaking into it and what ended up actually happening was by the end of like 30 minutes i just had him saying lines over and over and over again in silly voices in different pitches in different tones and that ended up being just a lot of fun and that's the way to do it yeah I that's think, the way to do it i think what it, so what was really cool is he like at the end of the night we're both like signing off and i was like so how did you feel about that and he's like i fucking hated 
everything about that and like i <laughs> it's like he's like that was terrible uh and i hated everything about that but in the end it was fun and what was interesting actually was today i got a text from the two co-owners of the youtube channel uh, and it was a group DM with all four of us in it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, we just wanted to establish like a direct line of communication. No rush on your like rough take. But we just wanted to hear how progress was coming along. Uh, and I hadn't even responded to it yet because I was working. But my friend responds to it saying, still not sure if this is for me. But we're going to be back at it and trying again on Saturday. So we'll let you know how it goes. And so it wasn't like a, yeah, let's do it. But I was actually shocked to see him type that himself. Because I was trying to formulate a response in my head for him. Oh, But he yeah. had actually come at the issue himself immediately. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm... Like, I don't know if this is for me, but, like, I'm, we're ready to give it another shot. Hell yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to, you know, make it more fun for him. Yeah. And instead of, like, stressing him out, like, just say it like this. This is how I would do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it turns like... out speaking and, like, modulating your voice is not natural for everyone. <laughs> no. Just like dick around you know get yeah. get into your space hone everything in mm-hmm. um realize who you are Have fun you're a little it. goofy ball exactly because in the very beginning he was speaking like he was like a teacher and he's like well i thought that's what you wanted was like informational right and i'm like yeah but if you think about it there are video game highlights on a youtube channel you're just talking to them like you would one of your homies and he goes but this is how I talk to him. It was like, that is not how you talk to your friends, bro. Like, I'll this tell you This is how right I now. talk to my friends. This is, this is how I talk to my friends. Like, no, you don't. You don't speak like that. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, speaking, like you said, isn't for everyone. I'm glad, like, we, we speak fluidly. That's why we're, you know, doing this podcast together. But Conversations in two people is always nice, too. True. Um, my fear is I love singing, but I do not sing in front of other people. Oh. Because to me, the fuck up of like being out of key or like. Well, it sounds it like. It it's like. like it hurts. It's like the cringe <laughs> in your me. neck. Literally. And yeah. To listen to myself sing is definitely one of those fears. But I actually, I think that's really interesting because I feel very similarly. Yet, mm-hmm. I think this is very much a social media TikTok thing that has hit me somewhere in a good spot in my brain where I'm like I should I feel like I should embrace that fear yeah I think, I've started to yeah because I feel like for people like us who like feel like we like singing but just not in front of other people that's where it's like we won't be I don't, I don't like I don't, I'll talk for myself I don't think I will be a professional singer I would love to be a pop star but I do really enjoy singing and using my voice and that's one of those things that we talked about before where it's like skill stacks and unfair advantages right where like i feel like for whatever reason i think my family's decently like pretty musical and me and my sister always sang together like growing up even if she would (laughs) we would make fun of each other's voices and stuff (laughs) but in the end i think it's served me really well and just like learning how to speak in certain ways and i think it'd be really cool to like make an anonymous tiktok account and just start singing and shit might as well right might as well are we gonna I, do that oh no i mean i've started singing in front of my friends mm. so we're getting there and i feel like the more comfortable i've gotten with this maybe there's factors that play into this right like yeah. age and every experience that i've had since middle school obviously plays a role it's not just the fact that i am slowly being able to sing in front of people now but i become way more fluid of a person and even in my speech 
because you know I, I i switch up accents i switch up pitches in my voice you know i'm like flowing with my arms right now even though you can't see me mm. um it's just being like true to you and what your voice wants to to speak out and like a spiritual pivot per usual would be um every time that i've like gotten reiki done or done like chakra therapy by myself or just like messed around with the energies in my body i always have blockages in my throat um Mm. i feel like a really dense present presence in my throat when i'm like trying to move energy through my body it's like a dam is building up somewhere in there and so the more i'm able to just fluidly talk and not hold anything back not let any emotions be you know kept inside and whatever i want to say i say it being honest mm-hmm. um open authentic honest it's just it's life life just life just seems e- way easier and makes a lot more sense yeah um because we're not meant to like hold back in any way shape or form Unless, like, you really want to murder someone, you should probably, probably hold yeah, that those in. Those are intrusive thoughts. Chill on those. Chill on those yeah. intrusive thoughts. <laughs> Please don't do anything super crazy. That would hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm, Otherwise, mm-hmm. do your thing. If you are crazy, I don't know. <laughs> but I remember, too, when I was visiting California, I was walking along Venice Beach. And I, like, I thought that I, like, had, had honed into this, like, new, very, like, fluid person. And I'm walking along Venice where everyone is, like, expressing themselves to their full capabilities. People are roller skating and in the skate park and singing and playing instruments and just literally walking with a vibe. Like, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I was also getting culture shock because it's California and I had never been before. Yeah, there's just such an identity of, like, everyone knows what they're doing in terms of most of them are trying to do. Like, and it some, becomes some kind of, like, influence or something like that. I don't even know if anyone was influencing. I was just walking by like so many like eccentric people and I was, I felt like I was so anxious. <laughs> I just wanted to leave. I was like, uh, and the person I was with was like, isn't Venice so cool? And I was like, I mean, maybe if I was like expressing myself, maybe. And then I got in my head about it. I'm like, am I not expressing myself? Like, what should I be expressing right now? I feel like, <laughs> like yeah. what should I be doing? I was like, what do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that was just a thought that I had, you know. Well, with the area you were in, for sure. Because where we come from, it's very much like play by the book, play by the rules. I don't I don't really hang around those crowds, though. I, uh, I'm always, like, you know, around music and, and people expressing themselves. I had to have a great community of people. I've always, like, hung out in, in, in areas. Um too like especially back in connecticut i had like my spots mm. but i was also comfortable in this and those no i was corners. definitely around a lot of stiff old white people oh see that's you <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my region my, my region the stiffies well yeah they're all stiff white people for the most part yeah damn what was your where were you hanging around stiff old white people when you go to middle school and high school in New Canaan, Connecticut, that's just kind of what happens. When everyone's brought up with a silver um, spoon, okay, there's standards that your parents put like put upon you. Kind yeah. Of thing. So. I wouldn't say that I had a very diverse 
middle school or high school, but um, I guess I'm more so thinking post high school. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because like I grew up in Stanford and went to like super diverse, like elementary school and pre-K, kindergarten, and all that stuff, and then start like mid elementary school, elementary school, and then onward. It was like white people, <laughs> and yeah. not only white people, it's like rich white people, like extremely yeah. wealthy white people. Yep. And I didn't go to an extremely wealthy side, but it was definitely like a very white high school. And like thinking about just the energy inside and outside the school, like obviously, like I was in band, we did, but it, it was very regimented where like you sit down in the band room and we're going to like mm-hmm. work on our music. And we did marching band and then some people played soccer and some people ran track, but there's no one like vibing out in the parking lot rollerblading. No, never. There's no one like... You know, lighting incense no. <laughs> um, on the, the the tailgate of their truck or like doing whatever. Like uh, everyone kind of was into the same shit, and it was very basic, <laughs> like what you would expect. So it's only natural that when you go to Venice, Venice Beach, is that what it's called? Venice Beach, that Venice area, Beach, where everyone's just very freely expressing themselves. It's like I think it was just like a sensory overload. Yeah, like yeah. Everyone's vibes are, the notches, the dials are turned up to 100. Right, right. Whereas, like, it feels like maybe sometimes where we grew up, it's like a lot of people are suppressing themselves. Exactly. And then when, like, I I was too um, until I, like, started college. And I started learning more about myself. And I had, like, my close inner friends who um, introduced me to a lot of self-expression and, like, fun things that I had not even known about before. And then... When I would go places outside of, like, my people and, like, the, the community that I found, I was the cool one. And I was the kind of, like, per- like, this is... You were the cool one. This is going to sound a little narcissistic, but, like, I would go places and I genuinely felt like people had starry eyes over me because of how, like, expressive and and fun I was. And right. so, especially even moving out to Colorado, like, everyone is so fun out here i blend in now and honestly i love it but in venice i felt kind of small mm. because everyone is like to the max it's like 100 <laughs> percent, literally like 120 um and that's like pretty vulnerable for me to even like talk about because you know like where do you fit in 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 the world of mm-hmm. like expression like you don't i don't know like we're, we're all on no matter where you go like things are going to be different and like how you are within yourself is how you're going to relate because you know you, you shouldn't change your perspective of yourself just because your environment's different um but you're going to feel a little uncomfortable in some different like cultures or, or places around the world because yeah and i think it's interesting that you described it as like a it was a culture shock and even somewhat like anxiety and un- like uncomfortable like discomfort inducing because it's not like like you said, when you were going around to different people, you, they would almost get like this starry-eyed look on them. And I think it's because those people who are kind of repressing whatever their expressions are, like whatever they actually want to be like, they look at people, they look up to people who are able to express themselves more freely. Mm-hmm. Like for sure, like if you see the one dude like tearing it up on the dance floor, like, and he doesn't give a shit, like he's dancing like no one else is around. It's like you kind of look to him like, oh my God, yeah, I kind of wish I could be like that. Right, mm-hmm. and it's that it's that feeling of connection where it's like, damn, like that's cool, and it's cool that you had people. <laughs> it's very cool, like the reaction, right? Because like you had people look at you like that, and then when you yourself went into an environment where everyone was like th- that, you were like, this is fucking weird. 
So it's not even like necessarily like, you, am I wrong? Like you weren't like, wow, I want to be more expensive like that. It's like, huh, this is really, this is a very made, different vibe because everyone is going yeah, crazy. Yeah, it flipped the switch on me. And not that I've never been like starry eyed over other people. Right. Um, it's not like that was the first time I've ever looked at someone and been like, wow, they are like in full expression. Like I, like, I wish I was like them. Like I've always... You know, I really admire people that are in full expression, and I'm always surrounding myself with those people. But this was just on another level. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's almost as if it wasn't situational. It wasn't like a, an individual person that's like causing me to feel all these feelings. It's like my entire environment is different. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's just culture shock in general, I guess, you know, like you're around and it, w- when you grow up being used to kind of like people pleasing and like molding yourself to your environment, even though that you like are someone that maybe has learned since then that it's okay to just like fully be yourself. It's like you just kind of resort back to like, how do I fit in this environment? Like what, what am I water? Like wh- how do I, how do <laughs> what I, what is the container I have to fill? <laughs> what, yeah. What container am I filling exactly? Cause I'm very confused and overstimulated. And yeah. then you're like, I can it just exist. It does sound like a really overstimulating area to be. I've never been, but yeah, it sounds, it sounds like you're definitely overstimulated. But it definitely it, like, you know, made me realize that I have that thought process still present and like how i approach environments because i like you know you get comfortable in your environment i've been in colorado for a year now i'm very comfortable here um and i'm okay to express myself here and not like kind of notice myself filling containers because you know i've already filled this one it's been filled Mm -hmm. and now i'm like growing from here my roots are just kind of like spreading out yeah um and you go to somewhere new and you don't like europe like Europe (laughs) and if I like still have that underlying feeling as though I need to fill some sort of container and I'm somewhere I've never been before yeah it's it can be terrifying so like we kind of talked about last episode with you know falling back in old patterns made you makes you realize that you're changed because like Mm -hmm. oh shit I do this yeah time to stop (laughs) time to stop if I guess we can... How are we doing on time? Okay. I guess we can end it off with this. Where in... Uh, you have this goal to move to Europe. I know you're not thinking too much about it right now, but what would your what would your starting country destination be? The Netherlands. Oh, nice and easy. You well, knew immediately. I'm Dutch. You're... I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, my family... I have a bunch of family in Holland. Hell yeah. So... It's... I mean, everyone there speaks English, right? So... Hopefully. I'll learn the language. Dude, their language is so similar to ours. Okay, perfect. It's, like, ridiculously similar to ours. If you hear a, a Dutch, like, a Dutch person, if you hear someone from the Netherlands speak Dutch, it sounds like what English probably sounds like to foreigners. Because it's, like, mm. it sounds like English, and it's really close to being English. I shouldn't have a hard time with that, then. The only problem is it's pretty gloomy. Yeah. And Cloud I love sunshine. And whatnot. Especially we're spoiled here in Colorado. I know. We're so spoiled here. Why did I move to like the best place on earth? <laughs> no, you don't want to leave. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for us today on episode six of Closer to the Core. Thanks for joining us. Six, 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 six. Now you're going to summon some demon and 
this episode's gonna get corrupted or some shit. It already is. Ugh. I already put a hex on the episode. I'm kidding. Hex God. six. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay, so thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.